Welcome to On The Verge. This podcast will highlight interviews from entrepreneurs, musicians, and professional golfers. It will center around what tools they have used to help them reach their dreams, how they use golf to further their career, whether it be for escape from the rigors of their profession or to build more business, and how the communitas of wine, music, and golf enrich their lives. This is about the enjoyment of life, rising above the struggles and stretching past the best to be better every day. On the Verge. On the Verge is presented by Callaway Golf. Every year, Callaway just keeps pushing and pushing the boundaries when it comes to driver technology. But this year, get ready to push your game further than humanly possible because the new Epic Flash driver with Flash Face technology is shattering the idea of how fast a driver can be. It's Callaway's first ever driver face engineered with artificial intelligence. What's that mean? Using machine learning, Callaway's supercomputer, yes, they have one of those, was able to test, refine, tweak, and retest over 15,000 different faces to find the fastest one. That's flash face technology. These same AI calculations would take your laptop 34 years to complete. When you engineer a driver face with artificial intelligence and pair it with revolutionary jailbreak technology, it transforms the way a driver is made. Yet again, and it's not just in a driver, AI created flash face in the fairy woods too. It's not just another fast driver. This is the future of distance technology. Learn more at callawaygolf.com slash AI. Welcome to On The Verge. Today's guest is uh, really one of my closest friends in, in, in the world. Uh, but I met him first. I didn't really meet him. I got a chance to watch him first. He's the former quarterback at the University of Alabama. Uh, he's now the president of Defiance. We'll get into all of that. Brian Bergdorf. Brian, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Virgil. Great thanks, to see you, man. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks for coming on The Verge. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here and... You know, glad to spend some time with you. We're both both uh, pretty busy these days. Yes, yes, we are. You know, one of the things that I've always been intrigued by is things with amazing tradition, like the University of Alabama football is one of them. Obviously, there's a bunch of schools that have great traditions, but right now, Alabama's if it's not the biggest right now, I don't know what it could possibly be. I mean, Clemson obviously is one multiple national championships too but at the end of the day Alabama's been in it like six of the last eight years so they they are loaded up but when you were the quarterback at Alabama it was just past Bear Bryant's you know run and then they'd gone through a, a little bit of transition but you were still a major power player in all of college football as a high school player talk about like what it was like when you kind of figured out that you were going to be a Division One college quarterback. And what kind of work ethic did you put in to become the quarterback at the University of Alabama? Yeah, it was, you know, in, in high school and growing up, the, the amount of, of work and discipline it took every day to get to that next level, and especially at the University of Alabama, um, I, I never stopped. I never stopped working. You know, and I, and I was very fortunate to have, you know, people in my life, like my grandfather and my parents, that really pushed me to, to be the best that I could be 
and also focus on, you know, academics as well. You know, my, my grandfather played professional baseball, uh, played for the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers, was oh, wow. the pitching coach for the Milwaukee Braves and the Atlanta Braves. Nice. Uh, he so coached Warren Spahn? Coach Warren Spahn and Joe that? Torrey. Oh, no kidding. Spahn and Zane. How about that? Yeah, I, I still have a Warren Spahn's practice pants <laughs> at my home. That's awesome. Yeah, so so I, I grew up, you know, really, you know, especially with Whitlow. He was, that was his name, Whitlow Wyatt. And, and Whitlow, you know, had a, you know, we had a 700-acre farm. So I grew up knowing what hard work was. Yeah. And I bailed hay all the way up until I was uh, a senior in high school. And I would take my lineman in high school down there with me. And really, you know, it was a team building thing for each other. And, and it was a, you know, I grew up, you know, about 45 minutes northwest of Atlanta. And it gets a little warm down there. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just, you know, but I, but I, I you know, as a, as a football player, you know, I, you know, I practiced every day. I threw 500 balls a day. And, and at the time, you know, this is when Herschel Walker was coming up through Georgia, Buck yeah. Blue, and Herschel would do 500 sit-ups a day and 500 push-ups. And so those were things that I, I would do. Wow. And, and I, you know, in Bell and Hay and doing those things, um, really, you know, the discipline it took every day is something that I carry today sure. in my life. Mm. Um, but, you know, going to a tradition – um, like the University of Alabama was a dream come true for me. Yeah. You know, small town guy, you know, had, you know, love college football, you know, love pro football. Um, it was just so exciting for me to be able to, to come from the town that I came from in, in Cedartown, Georgia, and to play big time college football. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, when I, when I look, think back, like, so you were involved in a, a team sport. In which, if there's a w- one weak link on any of the eleven people that are on the field, the team is exposed. And I'm in a sport that's individual completely, and only during the Ryder Cup, or like I'm obviously a high school golf team, but we're still largely individuals competing first for themselves to win the tournament and then collectively if our our five best players played the best they could and tried to beat each other to death if we combine our scores and we beat each other and them more than they beat us we win as a team too it's not the same but you know golf doesn't necessarily train us for the business world like football does when you think of like the boardroom and and being in the positions that you've been in, they have to be pretty similar to walking into the huddle down 14 to Tennessee. Uh, got a, You're up three. We've got to control the ball with three minutes left against Notre Dame. What is it like in the, in the huddle? Different races, different backgrounds, all fighting for the same common cause, but how easily it can get lost if somebody is no longer – more, it's more about the individual than it is about the team. And you were the quarterback. What what did Gene Stallings coach you into as in how to lead better? And then how did that play out in the huddle and on the field? Yeah, and being a part of a team, you know, there's so many different personalities, uh, so many different, you know, cultures on the team. Yeah. 
And, you know, growing up, uh, you know, I was around many different cultures. And, and, you know, going to Alabama, there's people from all over the country and and getting to know each other. But in that huddle, we were we were one unit. And, you know, being the quarterback, I, I had to be the leader in the in the huddle. And, you know, I had to make sure that everyone knew what they were doing. And, uh, you know, as you bring me back to those days, yeah. um, you know, the football team lived together and the basketball team at Bryant Hall. So we were such a close unit and we were we were a family. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was something so unique and, and I think, you know, so missed today Yeah. At, in, in most universities that. You know, we we were we were brothers, and and will be forever. Um, and you know, Coach Stallings always, you know, preached to us about being one unit, and and being one heartbeat. And you know, he played for Bear Bryant at Texas A and M. He was mm-hmm. a Junction boy. Yeah. And and my quarterback coach uh, for three years was Mal Moore, who ended up being you know the athletic director for the University of Alabama. And my last two year was a guy named Homer Smith. And and Homer Smith taught me more about leadership and about offense than anybody I had been around. And and Homer is a a legend. Um, You know, Coach Troy Aikman, Rick Neuheisel, Mark Harmon, uh, many different guys. And, And the first words, you know, Homer used on me at the University of Alabama was, Brian, your prestidigitation is fantastic. And I said, Coach, I'm from Cedartown, Georgia. I have no idea what prestidigitation means. <laughs> <laughs> Sleight of hand. Yes, quick faking of the hands. And um, so, you know, he, you know, they, you know, Coach Stallings, you know, Mal, Homer, they all preach being, you know, the best teammate you could ever be. Yeah. And that was something that we all live by. And, you know, if, if there was a situation inside the team, we dealt with it internally as a players. We would call players meetings. Mm-hmm. And, and that was so important, Yeah, you know, to, to really, you know, handle, you know, each other as, the, you know, we're family. Let's deal with this as a team. And, and having the coaches that really, you know, kind of instilled the leadership principles, you know, throughout the organization. Yeah. You know, you know, obviously similar to what you know Coach Saban does now. Yeah, I mean, we we had a process as well. Interesting. And, and you know, say you know, Coach Saban has taken Alabama to a to another level. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I always think that professional athletics, it's all about the player. You know, LeBron can change the game. Kobe can change the game. MJ changed the game. You know, baseball. Certain pitchers can basically shut down a World Series if they get a chance to pitch three games because nobody can hit them. One one professional player can make that big of an impact on a whole team. But in college athletics, it seems like coaching is more important than the player, almost always. That's why Coach K is always dominant with Duke is because people are in search of his wisdom. They're always in search of Nick Saban. No, in the time it was, they were always in search of Bear Bryant, Joe Paterno, Lou Holtz. You know, that's that era is long gone now. But it's like college athletics is about the coaching, and professional athletics is about the athlete. 
when when you were thinking about Stallings, and, and I know that you've been around the Alabama program for a long time, and currently, what do you see the difference between Stallings and Saban when it comes to their leadership style and how they maybe coach or manage the team? You know, you know, not. I mean, I, I've met Coach Saban, uh-huh. and, and and I haven't been in the you know day to day practices with, with sure. Coach Saban, mm-hmm. um, but but I can just see the discipline, the you know. Uh, work toward excellence and doing your job mm-hmm. and and being prepared. You know, I think preparation is such a key component to, to everything you do. Yeah. And, and you can see it. Mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would argue to say that about um, every player on the Alabama team currently on defense uh, is in the right position most of the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so I think it's you know the preparation, the you know you know, ha, you know strive toward excellence, and just the discipline of making sure you continue to get better every day is something I see both of them doing, mm-hmm. and and you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it a step further sure. as you talked about Clemson earlier, mm-hmm. um, you know. Clemson has built an incredible culture and they're they're at the top of their game too and 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 Dabo yeah you know we played together at Alabama that's right he was your, he was and, your wide receiver yeah, so so you know we played together two years and he was a graduate assistant the rest of my career I mean I, I still talk to mm-hmm. Dabo you know after every game and um so so you know they're you know that discipline that preparation that that work you know that body of work that you know Dabo you know got as a player and as a coach at Alabama has really formed him and you know to the coach and man he is at Clemson sure and and I'm gonna tell you it you know that culture at Clemson is unbelievable right now yeah just like Alabama it's infectious yeah and and there's there's a there's about I think there's five or six guys um, that were at Alabama, we're there at, that are at Clemson currently. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that one of the things that you you haven't touched on yet, but is so true in Saban's deal and and Dabo's team and the history of football that is slipping away in our society is accountability. Okay, one of the things that they put on you there is that if you make a mistake, be accountable. Nobody's going to crush you until you deny that you didn't do it or you don't want to take responsibility for the failure. That's, that's a team killer because it's okay that we make mistakes. We have to learn from them, but you have to be accountable to them. And as we, as we shift out of the football world here and as we head into really one of the most incredible products and companies in the country that people are about ready to learn about, Accountability on a small company like Defiance Fuel, the level, what what Defiance Fuel is doing when it comes to bringing a higher educated level of water and hydration to athletes. It doesn't just affect athletes, it affects everybody. But the people who exert the most gain the most from the products. But when, when, we, when I think back to the team that Defiance Fuel has put together, why is it so successful is because of the accountability 
that the people have involved in it. And the, the hiring process and the processes that, that they've gone through to bring in the right people at the right time. It's about ready to explode. So talk to us about the team sure. at Defiance Fuel. And give us a little bit of, give, give the listeners a, a background on the on Defiance Fuel and where it's going. Sure. And it, you're, you're so right about ac- accountability. Um, you, you have to have accountability. And, and with Defiance Fuel and our company and, you know, things I learned from playing sports my yeah. whole life is, you know, we, you know, success is a responsibility. It is. Yeah. It's a responsibility. And you you know, you're responsible to your teammates, you know, you're responsible to your family. And, you know, our team at Defiance Fuel, you know, we've created a, a great team, yeah. you know, including yourself. <laughs> That's, it's been, it's really one of the most exciting <laughs> things that I've ever gotten a chance to be a part of. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, it's at first glance, you know, when you read about the science behind the water, sure. you're like, Really? Yeah, I was, I was, um, you know, I was one of one of them. <laughs> yeah, <You're> like, <laughs> and, and I was like, you know, when when you know my business partner came to me five years ago, mm-hmm. a little over five years ago, and started telling me about uh, this, you know, researcher, you know, scientist that had this, you know, thirty years of uh, a body of evidence on water science. You know, I was like, what are you talking about? At Alabama, we had tap water and Gatorade, and lucky lucky to get tap water sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and gave us salt tablets, and you know, I, you know, so I was really intrigued uh, about the product and the research, and me be, me being a quarterback, I'm a I'm a nerd, right? So yeah. I, I like to you know do the research. You know, I started drinking the product, and I tested my VO2 max before I started. Um, and, you know, after 30 days, it increased 8%, which, you know, and I was feeling good. My workouts were better. I, I just, I knew there was something there and, and we can, we'll go into the science yeah. soon. But, you know, I, I, I was really excited about it. You know, I was in a comfortable corporate job mm. and I was said, let's, let's, let's go do this. I mean, let's, we got to formulate an athletic performance water. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we did. And we put together, you know, such a great team. You know, yourself and Dan, and we've got just a whole, you know, group of uh, people that have really helped us go into, you know, a, an incredible level with Defiance Fuel. Yeah. When, when we first postulated the company, we said if we give the athletes what they've always wanted, not only would they readily endorse the product, they'd pay for it. Yeah. And, and they have. And, you know, they've taken it a step further with us. You know, we've got 11 pro athletes that have invested in our brand. Yeah. Like they want to pay to be a part of it. That's right. They don't want it for free. They want to be a part of it. Yeah, they they want to be a part of the brand. And you know what's been really cool is is really the the word of mouth. Yeah. With the athletes. I mean, you know, since we're we're in Nashville today. Yeah. Um. You know, we've got seventeen Tennessee Titans players that that order every month. Yeah. Um. And and it's been really incredible to watch. I mean, you know. You know, with with your connection with Bill DeWitt yeah. at the St. Louis Cardinals, you know, we're the official water of the St. Louis Cardinals. And, um, you know, we're in our third year with them. And yeah. it, it's been really exciting to watch. But but it goes back to, you know, we we, we hold each other accountable at our company. Yeah. If you have a post, you get your job done and you do it. 
and we don't we don't we don't want excuses. Yeah. We want you to work hard every day and we want you to outwork everyone. You know, we want you to do ten X your job. Yeah. Be a be a great teammate. Right? There there's there's days when I wear the you know, operations hat, the president's hat, and sometimes I'm the delivery guy too. Yeah. And and, and I think it takes a team in order to create a great team. Yeah. I agree. I think one of the things that I, I, I glean from this team is the first thing we rally around. Well, when you rally around something, you rally around the University of Alabama. You rally around Notre Dame. Yep. That's the product. That's the tradition. That's the, the thing. Okay, so Defiance Fuel is this, this product that if you're an athlete and you've realized that you know, Gatorade's not doing what it said it's supposed to do. And if I drink regular water, I feel like I'm running with 10 pounds wrapped around my stomach after I drink it. Sure. Something's not right. And it can't just be Gatorade's. This Something's not right here. I'm not performing like I should. And then we get this product, and it is not just subtle in its change. It's bizarrely overwhelming. <laughs> And it's delivery. So now you're like, it's easy. I shouldn't say it's easy. It's easier to get a group of people to go all in when the product is so good. No, no question. So it's so easy to get good football players to go to Alabama because the product is so good that you're an 18-year-old who can sling the leather 80 yards in the air and you're like, I just need the refining and the coaching to figure out how to read defenses, how to do the right reads, how to make the correct passes, and I'm going to take it to the next level. Here it's like everybody wants to be successful and provide for their families. And, but not just sit in a cubicle and crank out you know, emails. You feel like you're making an impact on people's lives, whether you're a – an NFL player or a Major League Baseball player, or you're a a mom who's doing yoga to get their body back after their second child, third child, first child, whatever. It impacts people's lives everywhere because if there's one thing that we've both learned out of this is that nearly everybody listening is dehydrated. Without question. And, you know, to your point, you know, we've got such an incredible body of science. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you were talking about how, you know, the other waters you drink make you full and bloated. You know, one of the reasons the athletes love our water so much is that it doesn't give you water belly. Yeah. So it, it stimulates water mobility in the cells and it, you know, it, it flushes out all the waste and toxins in your body, but keeps the intracellular water in your body. And that's true energy. Yeah. And to your point, having a great product, it, you know, athletes, uh, everyone gets behind it and it's been so incredible to watch you know from our olympic athletes to our nfl players to our mlb players to our nba players just to the everyday athlete and the yoga uh, people it's it's incredible and you know i love getting up every day and going to do what i do yeah and and i would i would say everyone in our company loves doing that yeah And, and it's and it's fun and making a difference in people's lives is is incredible and and for me personally just being around 
athletes and high-performing individuals is just incredible. And it's fun, right? Being around, yeah. you know, we, we talk about it all the time. So that's the thing is like when you're around success, there's no one way to be successful. But there aren't many ways to be successful. Like Saban talked about in his, one of his recent speeches. You don't have a lot of choices if you want to be great. There are a couple of ways to be a great quarterback. You can be very mobile. Sure. You could you could be have a good lineman. You have, have good, good lineman. Good lineman and great <laughs> eyesight. Yeah. And you can really throw the seed like John Elway. <laughs> you know? Like that can make a difference. If you can throw it on a rope like that, that makes a big difference. But you can't be undisciplined in your reads and you can't be out all night partying. There has to be a level of discipline to it. So my my point on the this this whole question is like what it takes to be great there's no one way but when you're around all kinds of successful people they've all taken slightly different turns and that's what is invigorating about it is that just being around Derrick Henry and his story and then you you hop in the car and you go to St. Louis we got to go over there and make sure that the St. Louis Cardinals are happy and then we're dealing with Yadier Molina and he's dealing with a very different road to the same spotlight. Those things get you excited because everybody needs a little something every day to kind of get, get them going. And we're blessed to be around that. When you think about all the great athletes that you've been around, what are a couple of interesting stories of success that you've kind of taken from them and put in your front pocket to be that helps you be the president of Defiance Fuel and where we're going in, in this company. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're very fortunate to be around some incredible athletes, yeah. you know, every day. Yeah. And, and the stories that, that I hear, you know, weekly, um, you know, monthly, it's, it's, it's so refreshing because I would say every athlete, business person I've been around has been, some, been through some adversity in their life, yeah. including myself. Yeah. And, you know, what, one of the, the great stories, you know, is, uh, you know, a guy named uh, Hakeem Nix. Hakeem, yeah. you know, played at North Carolina, mm-hmm. incredible receiver, um, played for the Giants, Super Bowl. You know, Hakeem um, was in foster care till he was nine years old. Wow. And, and to overcome that in his life and to be, you know, one of the top picks – in the NFL draft and win a Super Bowl, yeah, and, and and to do what he's done for his family over the years is is incredible. Um, you know, you know, Rob Covington. Rob Covington is, you know, NBA player. Played at TSU. Yeah, um, just an incredible. You know, grew up uh, inner city Chicago. Um, just you know, fought to get where he is today. And, and Rob, Rob's a, a part of Defiance Fuel. He's an he's an owner in Defiance Fuel, and you know, being able to really be around these guys and hear their stories and you know, be inspired yeah. by all that is is you know, it's fun. You know, yeah. we we talk about it all the time. You know, just I mean, I, I hear it every day. You know, when you know John Lester, you know John Lester is you know one of our Defiance Fuel guys yeah. and great partner for us. Sure. You know, you know John John has a uh, you know, he has a charity, it's called Never Quit. And, uh, you know, he's a cancer survivor. And, you know, to, to, to do that 
and to overcome that cancer and to be argu- arguably one of the best pitchers of all time sure. is, is inspiring. Yeah. I mean, he's one of three players that have won three World Series with two teams wow. ever. Yeah. So, so those stories are, are great, you know, inspiring, um, incredible, you know, things that, that we want to share sure. with, with not only, you know, our team at Defizio, but, but with everyone across the country. Sure. Because we got, we all get inspired, yeah. right? We, we all, you know, have our own stories. Yeah. And you know, like the, the, I try to tell when I, when I go speak to universities and, and companies about you know, what it takes to be great at golf is no different than what it takes to be great at anything. One of the, the interesting pieces is that the the rise from the beginning of the dream to achieving the dream is not a straight vertical line of ascension. Like, everything just goes awesome. It keeps getting better all the way. There are mad, like, usually if you have a lot of talent, there's this really big uptick of, of performance. Like, wow, everything's going good. And then you get your first kick in the teeth the first bad break that when you put everything into it, you did everything right, and something went wrong, or you just lost, or whatever. And then how you get yourself back up is that first taste of perseverance. But the higher you go up in dreams, when you don't get there, the fall, although not reality, the fall feels so much farther down. Even though that's not real, it's a big fall to get back up. So, like, when you listen to these stories about, like, Rob Covington and Hakeem Nicks, and you feel like this sucks or that sucks, and then you listen to somebody else's story, you're like, I didn't have it that bad. (laughs) You know, and that gives you that sensation of, if this guy can do it, I can do it. And, And he probably feels the same thing. Like, listening to your story, like, whoa, man, how'd you pull yourself up out of that? Yeah. And they're like, man, I thought I had it bad. <laughs> and it's that kind of glue of perseverance that that there is no easy way. The, harder, the closer you get to the top, there's not much traffic on the high road, you know? Yeah. So it's a lot easier to drive, but it's, it's, it's lonely up at the top. And when you fall yeah. down... There aren't many people there to lift you back up. How do you dig yourself out of it? And so when you think about keys to perseverance, where does it start? Does it start with a faith and belief in yourself, something bigger than yourself? Or does it start, where do you, where do you feel like the, the perseverance gene originates? You know, I, the perseverance gene, I mean, it's, uh, you know, being around, you know, my family, my mm-hmm. parents, my, my grandparents who really, you know, taught me how to overcome adversity, mm-hmm. you know, and just say, hey, you know, I, I think some of the experiences that he had been through kind of prepared me, you know, to really go into college. But then, you know, I, you know, I go to University of Alabama, you know, you know, we won a national championship. You know, I, I'm a captain mm-hmm. my senior year, which is, you know, voted on by your teammates, one of the for me, it was one of the best honors I could ever have as a, as a player. You know, I, I get out of college, and, you know, I, I get into business right out of that. And I, uh, I, I'm i I'm sharing office space with three or four different companies. You know, I'm 24 years old at the time. 
you know, trusting people that I thought were, you know, of high integrity, mm-hmm. um, you know, thinking that they were doing the right things. Well, they weren't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, um, you know, almost went to prison for trusting somebody. Wow. You know, for, 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 you know, selling something that I thought was a, a good, good deal. And, you know, it, it, it prepared me for today. Yeah. I mean, when you think you're going to prison and you get indicted mm-hmm. for something that was called selling an unregistered security and you had no idea that that was the case, they were saying, well, you, your, your firm got paid a fee, so you guys are all indicted. And I, I was, I don't even know what that, I didn't know what that meant at 24 years old. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, just, you know, here I was at the top of, of the game yeah. in life and all of a sudden I'm down here and having to pick yourself up yeah. and, and overcome that adversity. You, you realize, you know, number one, who your true friends are. Yeah. Number two is you know, playing sports and playing football and overcoming adversity every day prepared me for that day. Yeah. And having a great support group of people that realized that that's not who I was and that didn't define me. And I wasn't going to, going to let that define me. Yeah. And, you know, it prepared me for today with, with business, my family. Yeah. Um, and, and overcoming those things, you know, anybody can do it. And we all go through adversity in our life. Yeah. And we, we all go through things that, you know, it, it's hard. And, you know, you, 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 you feel alone. But what's great is that you're not. Yeah. And you got to have the faith and you got to have your faith. You got to have, you know, a support group and you got to have those tools to help you overcome that adversity and, and sharing that story with, you know, with, with our athletes and our guys, yeah. it's just, we, we, we relate mm-hmm. and, and I would, I would find it hard to find somebody that's owns a business, an athlete that's very successful that hasn't been through adversity in their life. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think it's interesting is, you know, like David Goggins, who's one of the highest decorated, um, Navy SEALs. He's really famous for his you know, get out of your own head. Like you, you said about it right there. You feel like you're alone. Yeah. When you're really not alone, no. you just don't know who to trust, and you have you find out who you end up trusting. <laughs> right. But it's not immediate. Mm-mm. Like it's a, it feels like a downward spiral, and like you just you have to get out of your own head and hang on to the fundamentals of what it takes to be. Great. So it's the principles and the fundamentals, and it kind of weaves all the way back around to success. Is that there's you can't guarantee. There's no guarantees. There's just a process. The process that you go through to be successful, and when that process doesn't provide victory, it nobody guaranteed victory. It just gave you the best chance for victory. So as long as you didn't die. You have the opportunity to learn while still following the same process. And generally speaking, there might be something within the process that wasn't correct, but it wasn't ill. It wasn't like you put, brought a cancer into it. It's just like, oh, okay, so we can't really perform well uh, if if we only have three defensive linemen and four linebackers. We're going to have to go to four. Yeah. We'll have to go four, three because the way the SEC runs, we can't, we, we are not strong enough up the middle 
or we're, sure. we can't defend the ends. And you just change, but we still want to play good defense. That's the fundamental. Sure. we got to play good defense, but the idea that we had of how we could do it, we had to change. And sure. now you come back, and then the next year you win. And you're like, that's, that's learning. And it was painful to have Clemson run right through you or painful to have Notre Dame run right through you or what, whoever it is. But at the end of the day, you didn't die. You followed a really good process, and you got all the way to the national championship game, and then you didn't win. Ooh, that's got to suck. That's got to hurt bad because you came that close to the dream. But then you get back up again, and you're like, you know what? We just got to do. We just got to do this better, and take away that advantage they had, and make them figure out another way to beat us. And I don't think they can. That's where you you start. That's right. That's where you start. Yeah, and you you got to have a belief in yourself. Yeah. In your teammates, and back to my point, you know that success is a responsibility. Yeah, you have to get up every day and do the little things that nobody else is doing, and I I can't stress that yeah enough. And to follow that process, if you want to be great, then do the great things that are needed mm-hmm. for you, your teammates, your family, and. All the all the other things take take the noise out, you know. Take take out, you know, all the other opinions, because there are other opinions out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you you've got to have that belief, and you want people around you that are your teammates, yeah. That believe in you, that are going to support you, that are not going to be negative. You know, take that away. Yeah. Get it away from you. Get it away from your team. Yeah. Um, you know, we see it with, you know, Clemson, with, with Alabama's, with, you know, some of the top programs, you know, in, in every sport, yeah. right? And and I, I think they're such, they have such incredible leadership. Yeah. And that, that's important. Yeah. Final question on, on, on sport before we veer off into my second phase of this. <laughs> We're headed into an era in performance that's brand new and kind of, game-changing, and that's with CBD and hemp. And it's a lot of confusing stuff out there right now. First of all, there's a lot of products that aren't pure. There's not. There's some bad products out there. But a lot of people are confused about the negativity around hemp slash marijuana and how they're not this necessarily the same thing as it pertains to CBD and how it is affecting people. So we, we, we just to date the show, this is the, the Wednesday after the Masters, and on Friday, there's a picture of Phil Mickelson reaching into his golf bag and taking CBD drops and dropping them into his mouth on the tenth, right by the 10th green. CBD is like this game-changing element to pain and anxiety. And Defiance Fuel is going to be able to do something that nobody else can do, which will be able to deliver it straight to the cells, which is... Well, our advantage but because we're so entrenched at the highest level of cbd products talk to my listeners about the why it works the how it works and why it would probably be in your best interest to be thinking about the cbd products especially the ones that you know are going to go straight to your cells and make the biggest impact on your body Sure. Um, you know, a, a, as a as a defiance fuel company, yeah. defiance brands, 
you know, we we have like three patents on the defines fuel our process. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got you know lots of studies, thirty years of research. We actually did a new study, yeah. and, and in and, and in the new study we're we're doing actually here in Nashville with a hundred athletes. You know, we're we're actually doing you know a study you know with the CBD, and there's going to be some really incredible benefits not only from our water, um, but I think the CBD and you know we we're excited uh, uh, about the CBD. Uh, products that we will be rolling out, you know, at some point soon. Yeah. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, you know, there's, I think there's a misconception out there. Uh, and, and I think it's just more of un, you know, people are uneducated on CBD. Yeah. Um, you know, there's many incredible studies on the, the medicinal, you know, side of CBD. And, you know, obviously, you know, the you know there there's in the products that we'll be rolling out there will there be you know no THC yeah and you know it it's really you know it's an anti-inflammation uh, fighter in the body and it can also help anxiety as well and you know as as you get older like myself yeah. <laughs> working out six days a week I think one being hydrated is so key yeah but but you know recovering from a workout you know know working out with some of these pro athletes sometimes you know it's it's hard for an old man to keep up yeah um but but it really helps with recovery i mean i've been taking cbd drops for you know a year and a half you know the hemp drops that and and it really you know just aids in recovery for me personally but there's so many incredible you know benefits from it i think you're starting to see more and more research out there, I mean, I, I know there's a study about, you know, the CBD, you know, the, the medicinal marijuana that cures epilepsy and some other cool stuff. Yeah. But, but you know, I, I think to your point, you know, there, there, there's, there, you know, there's a lot of products out there right now and people are starting. I think you got to get with the reputable companies. I think you got to get with people that, that have the research behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a great company that we're, you know, partnering with called Evo Hemp. Yeah. So Evo's got, you know, hemp bars, hemp proteins, the tincture with the oil. Um, and, uh, you know, they're in CVS, Whole Foods, and they're doing incredible things. Yeah. So, so I, I think, you know, you know, it's a, you know, it's a controversial topic right now. Right? Yeah, and I think that it, what I'm always trying to pass out to, to people when it comes to CBD is it's kind of like a two-pronged event because there's this this place where people get in their head because they they get so excited and or nervous about performing that we'll call it the the trick is the true word is arousal okay once your arousal levels get too high you choke okay sure. when the energy level of the moment goes 20% past your old best you no longer can cope with that energy. That anxi- it turns into anxiety, and that's where the choke comes in. You become over-aware, hypercritical of every move you make, and everything slows. Your body slows down, and things speed up in your head versus things slowing down in your mind, and your body speeds up. Sure. The anxiety piece I found to be very compelling and how it kind of just reduces the, the brain waves to get that piece regulated so that you you get in your own head and you make it bigger than it really is it's just a football game it's just a golf shot right but because it's the national championship game or it's the 
12th hole at the Masters. I got to hit it over the water into this little itty bitty target. <laughs> you right, get, you right. get into your own head. Sure. Instead of, and it's how this can help regulate the fiction created inside your head. And it's not because it's, it's just that you know, once the arousal levels get too high, you lose your sense of reality. Sure. Okay. That part. And then you also have where I think a lot of the professional athletes got caught smoking marijuana, which was it, it took away the pain. Yep. These two pieces, the pain piece and how now I don't have to do anything illegal sure. in, in some states and legal in some other states, but in the past, let's just say 10 years ago, it's illegal everywhere. Right. But they were still doing it. And I, I'm still in the belief that a large percentage of them were not doing it to get high. They were doing it to not hurt. Sure. And I, and I know that because you've been in that world with these guys that do it, they're doing it to not hurt. And CBD, now that it's kind of like they're be, it's being embraced in the NHL, NFL, like it's going to be a massive game changer. Huge game changer. And it's not going to make you high. It's going to make you feel better. And that's like, that's where people are starting to get, they're starting to get wise. Yeah. And the numbers and sales are like, well, how CBD of anything is going through the roof because much like the, the fines fuel, when you have a product that works and it can help take away the rigors of life, who's not in? It's easy to sell something that works. That's right. And, and, and you know, I think to your point of taking a product and you, and you don't get high. But it, it helps your your body, you know, reduce the inflammation, reduce the pain. Yeah. I mean, can you can you imagine the the you know just the people that are getting educated right now? You know, hemp's legal across, you know, pretty much all states. Yeah. And, and you're going to start seeing that more and more. I mean, I see products you know around town now, and and I think really too if if we can get people, you know, off of taking the pain pills. I mean, you know, there's an opioid epidemic yeah, going on. And, and I think that's another key component that, you know, people talk about it. Um, but if we can really help with with a CBD product or, or other products, too, um, and, and people don't have to take those addicting, uh, you know, prescription you know, or, or those addicting painkillers, yeah. I, I think that is just a huge thing for for this country. Yeah, uh, and I like to like here's a perfect example. The opioid crisis has taken down a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it nearly took down Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was not taking opioids to be high. Tiger Woods was doing it because he was in so much pain while still trying to be Tiger Woods. His body was breaking down. And he was taking that for the pain. So this is, I just watched an interesting podcast on Joe Rogan. He had this guy on this expert on addiction. Opioid addiction is not an addiction to the drug. It's an addiction to the remedy of pain. The problem is, is that opioids, the wrong kind of opioids, <laughs> they, they take away the pain so good for a short amount of time and then the come down is so excruciating that it's more painful than the original pain. Mm. But you get that feeling, well, I could take a little bit more and I'll feel better again. And there's the spiral because it's the pain. Now, some people, it's emotional pain. And that's not what we're really talking about here. But other right. people, it's 
physical pain. Sure. Tiger's got four back surgeries and a fusion, four left knee surgeries, an Achilles tendon surgery, and a neck problem and a shoulder problem. He is in a ton of pain, and he's still trying to be Tiger Woods, the golfer, winning tournaments. He's out there playing through it. And that, golf is like a very non-contact sport. I can't imagine what it's like to be Gronkowski. Can you imagine no, how many licks can, that guy's taken? Can you imagine having to get up every morning and what? And you know, and 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 being able to have you know a product, you know, like the CBD stuff, whether it's the hemp, the you know, that's that I think is going to be just a game changer. As we've been talking yeah. about for the last you know ten minutes, yeah. But the the pain that these guys go through, the, the pain that that Tiger went through, yeah. And you know, performs like he did. I mean, what an incredible day! Yeah, to watch him play and redemption. Yeah, for him. But you know, and I, I would, I would really love to know if he, if he, what, what he's doing right now. Well, I'm, I'm interested um, because I, it's not confirmed, and you know, when it comes to tigers, it's not, it's not going to come real quick. <laughs> he was chewing gum for the first time ever, <laughs> and it's my understanding it was CBD gum. There you go. And I almost fell over. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I asked some people that are in the golf world selling CBD products, Mm -hmm. and the guy that I was talking to is not in the company that has the gum yet, but he said it's out there, and I can't confirm nor deny that it was the gum that Tiger was chewing. Sure. So that is, you know, we're going, it is going down that road. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, and, back to the you know, we're we're at Defiance Field. We're an athletic performance brand. We not only you know have you know the the water we've been talking about, but we we have a whole lot of products coming out. Yeah, and we want to do what's best for our athletes, our people across the country, and and across the world. So. Yeah, that's right. Um, so so I you know I we're we're always in development. We're always in research. As you well know, we've got a team of scientists that are yeah. much smarter than me. Yeah. <laughs> and we, well, that's the thing that is, I think that it's so important is that we have the betterment of the athlete in mind. This is an mm-hmm. athletic performance company that we've kind of figured out a couple of breakthroughs, mm-hmm. some game-changing situations that aren't illegal, that where it's just water, it's just CBD, it's just our succulose-free pre-workout powder that doesn't give you the the artificial up and the real down with it that you get with it. So, I mean, we have all of these things. Why do they love it? Is because it's clean and, and it it's and it works and it's legit. So now it takes a lot to perform at the highest level. But we can't be there all the time. We have to have things that we can relax and bring ourselves down. And usually those things historically have been sporting events, music events, and or gatherings of people for, you know, food and drink or what have you that bring it that bring the level down and allow yourself to enjoy the great things that you've worked so hard for. So the second half of my show is always dedicated toward the things that bring communitas, what brings people together and elevates a moment. Music. <laughs> you know, as a, as a football player, I guarantee you there has been music. And music is a, a major part of my life and a motivating piece to my life. Like, almost I hear a song and it goes take me to a time. 
talk to us about how music impacts your life and like what are your favorite what's your favorite style and who's your favorite artist <clears throat> well i i love music as you well know yeah. i mean when i when i get into the gym or when i get on the football field or when i'm with the family you know we I, it's just a huge part of of our life and i and i think it brings you to those moments mm-hmm. from growing up uh, until right now yeah. and you know there's there's just you know you know i'm a hip hop guy okay and have always just loved it you know uh you know uh grew up with it you know all the way playing who, sports who, who, who was like your <laughs> high school like cuz you probably oh. started to get into hip hop and you're probably like 15 16 years old like you're starting to get your yeah. starting to feel your mojo and you're headed out <laughs> with the guys and you know oh, that's who, who would you say as the first like hip hop group that you like yeah the first hip hop group man oh wow Virgil. Man, I, I I can remember when Ice Cube and yeah. you know, so not so much NWA but post NWA Ice Cube. Yeah, I think that was kind of when I was kind of coming through there and you know you know Tupac and mm-hmm. you know you know everything there. I kind of watched, but I you know I love you know the guy. There was some incredible like you know now you know Alicia Keys. Yeah, you know just just incredible. Um, like she's so talented. Oh, are you kidding me? Like listening to her voice is like an angel yeah, <laughs> singing. No doubt. You know, and, and obviously I'm a huge Jeezy fan. You you know I'm a huge Jeezy yeah. fan. Well, of course. I mean, you got to be from Atlanta, and Jeezy's obviously. You know, yeah. We we love yeah. Jeezy because he's part of Defiance Fuel. Yeah, yeah, that's and, right. And so, man, at the end of the day, you know, when you think back to what it does, like music, and like hip hop. So it's interesting because hip hop. Um, has an edge to it, and, and I, what I'm always intrigued by because I I love music. So when I think of the names that you you talk about, you, you talk about Tupac, Ice Cube, the guys from the the NWA, so Dre and the Spawn, also Dre, which would be like you know Snoop Dogg and and what have you. The songs that made them great were songs that everybody could touch. The songs that made them legends from where they are from mm-hmm. are the songs that they sang about from where they're from. You know, so like Tupac and Jay-Z and, and Jeezy and Biggie, they tell when they sing songs about where they're from, they lose people who aren't from there. But when they sing songs about the ups, the downs, love, pain, hate, what have you, you can relate to it, and they have a very unique style of doing it. When you think of like a Jeezy or a, a, a Tupac, what? And you specifically know Jeezy well. Talk to us about like where Jeezy goes in some of his lyrics and some of his songs sure. that you can like hold on to. Like, yeah, I got that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I'll talk about Jeezy because you know Jeezy and I are, are, are great friends and yeah. like family, and you know, and, and Jeezy's music is about adversity. Yeah. So I think all of us can relate to that adversity, mm-hmm. and, and really, you know, Jeezy has an incredible story. You know, we we've sat, you know, at dinner, you know, many nights talking about our stories with each other, and and what he was able. You know where he came from, and, and what he's been able to accomplish is is monumental. Yeah. And, and the things that you know people don't know about Jeezy is that you know 
what he gives back to the community, what he he does for education, those things aren't talked about. And, and it's it, and it's just his music's about adversity. And, and I think you know I, I've talked to many guys or athletes that are like, man, you know, Jeezy's music got me through college. You know, it, it you know you know you know there's one of his songs is put on you know and it just really talks about like you know, where he's from and, he, you know, he wants to do whatever it takes for that city. You know, I'm going to represent our city, you know, and, in a big way. Yeah. And, and, you know, you can overcome that adversity in your life. And, you know, there's just, there's some incredible, you know, songs and music that that I think will, you know, that can relate to, to, to anyone. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, you know, having these conversations with him is just incredible. You know, and, and Tupac, you know, molded him too. And, you know, just the, you know, you know, and I think music does that to us. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not just, you know, I mean, I, you know, I love hip hop, but I've, sure. I've got other music that, that I love and enjoy too. But, you know, I think since we're on the hip hop, it's, it, it's just, it's something that can take you to, that place in your mind where you feel comfortable, you're in the zone, yeah. you're working out. I mean, let's just think about it. You know, when you're playing golf, right? You've got that song you want to hear, and it puts you into that right state of mind. That's right. And, and I, I did it football. I think, I think we all do it. Yeah, I think what what goes on unnoticed to a lot of people out there is that when you when you apply music to a situation, what you've really done is you've added another sensory awareness piece now you're hearing something sometimes you don't need to hear anything at all but sometimes you uh you need to hear something to help you get to a place you know and that is a really important factor in what music does for people is it helps you disconnect from a distraction to help you focus on what it is that you have at hand so it's very important to, uh, to understand that. You're listening to On the Verge with Virgil Herring. What was the favorite concert you've ever been to? <laughs> wow. Whew. Favorite concert. Man. You know, I, growing up, I didn't, I didn't really have the opportunity to go to a lot of concerts. Mm-hmm. You know, I... I um, I'm thinking about, I mean, you know, Virgil, I, 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 you know, the CMA Fest, you know, like there were so, so many incredible yeah. acts down there. I, I think for me, be you know, going down there and seeing everything that, you know, the, the CMA, CMA Fest brings yeah. and, and the talent that, that comes out of Nashville. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, it's, you know, from, you know, we got great, ambassadors friends that are you know yeah. part of divine's fuel yeah. you know like jake owen and and ray lynn um and you know just florida georgia line just just watching them evolve you know I, I'm, I'm great friends with ray lynn and her husband yeah. and jake and you know just just seeing what they've been able to do and create and, and if you hadn't heard ray i mean she she is a superstar yeah up and coming superstar too and and to to you know just listen to her 
and watch them perform, I, I'm I'm amazed. So I, I think the CMA Fest probably been my yeah. favorite, and, and and obviously, me, you know, I go to GZ concert, so I, I yeah. lo, lo, love those. Yeah, no and, I, and I and I'm backstage, so I get to <laughs> yeah, I, I get to enjoy fun. enjoy it on a different level. Uh, this will be a tough question for you. The Mount Rushmore of rappers, who are they? Oh, whew, well, that's a tough question. Yeah, Tupac, Jeezy. Uh, Man, you know, Dr. Dre. I mean, you gotta, gotta put Dre up there. You know, I, I, Ice Cube. Interesting. So to me, I think the greatest rapper of all time is Eminem. He's a great rapper too. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, come on, you got, you got. I mean, fly. Eminem's one of them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so at the end, like, I'm, I'm always interested because I, I love talent. Sure. I, don't, I don't love opera, but buddy, when I went to see Pavarotti, I was like. Damn, this guy oh, can go. Sure. Wow. Yeah. So like, I don't like all hip hop, but buddy, I really like Dr. Dre, and I love oh. me some Snoop Dogg, and I love Tupac, and I love Eminem, and I love Jeezy, and I love Ludacris. And oh, I love, I, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say Ludacris is one of yeah. my top guys, and I and I love Ludacris. And back to your point, you know, those are you know, I mean, I I, I can go on for an hour about, about yeah. this, but. You know some some of the incredible singers that we. I mean, Lady Gaga. I mean, are you kidding me with her and Bradley Cooper in that My movie? I, I that could, girl's so talented. Oh, are you kidding me? Like listening to her voice is is so unbelievable. And you know, I could watch that movie at least you know every other day. Yeah, it's but, a it's a very powerful movie. Sure, sure. But yeah, she you know got you know Gaga. She can uh, she can uh, sing now. <laughs> yeah, I think she's kind of come into her own. I mean, I thought like eight six or seven years ago, I'm like this girl is like talented on every level and she was you know she was doing some things that maybe getting some attention you know but at the end of the day she moved past that place wait a second i don't have to dress like this no i can i got pipes i can flat out rip it Mm -hmm. and she went to juilliard for crying out loud she was like one of the most sought after talents in both acting and singing yeah, I just love that. I just love. I love. I, her. I, I do I think too. She's I, awesome. Oh, I, I do too. Molly, Molly, will tell you, I've been a Gaga fan for a long time, and you know, you know, I think that's kind of now everybody is. Yeah. When you think of sporting events, <clears throat> obviously you've played in them. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> let's take let's take out the oh, national wow. championship game where you where you guys beat Miami. Okay, let's take that out because obviously that has to be number one uh, for sure. <laughs> As a spectator. What was the coolest event that you've ever ever gone to see? As a spectator, wow! You know, I, I mean, I can name so many Alabama mm-hmm. games that were, you know, outside of me. But you know, when I, I when I watched the Tennessee Titans play the St. Louis Rams in Atlanta Super Bowl, mm-hmm. that that was electric. And probably because I'm I'm a huge Titans fan too. Yeah. Um, but it was you know heartbreaking for the Titans. But what an incredible ball game. Oh yeah. That that was. Um, you know, as a you know being at that event, what was incredible. Um, you know, I think, you know, I I, I I've gone to the PGA Championship mm-hmm. when you know there was some incredible guys like Zeller and all those guys and walking and watching. You know these golfers hit the golf ball. It is it's it's like watching John John Elway throw the football. Yeah. You know it it for me. So I I would say that you know me being a you know NFL 
you know, I mean, just a football fan in general. Sure. That was probably my, my, you know, probably my, my most favorite memory of going to an event. Um, but as you know, I, I, I mean, one of the goals for Defiance Fuel and for me, my family, all of us, yeah. is I want to go to a different sporting event every weekend. <clears throat> I want to go to Wimbledon. I want to yeah. go to the U.S. Open. I want to go to the Masters. I I want to have, you know, I want to go to the you know, you know, soccer games in in Europe. Oh yeah. You know, so so the I mean that I don't think I've been to that event yet. Interesting. Um. So it's uh, for me like and and for us is, you know, I I want to go to all of these events and experience mm-hmm. that where where you know. You know, these days we all just want to go sit in front of our TV, yeah, and, and you know, watch, watch watch the game, you know. And I, I think going to these events and experiencing, you know, just being in that atmosphere, I think is is so needed. Yeah. You know, getting away from your phone or getting away from the TV and just you know being around people. Yeah. You know, I think you know last year I, I uh, we I went to the uh, Cubs Cardinals game and I'm sitting in the dugout. You know, waiting. You know, the strength coach for the Cubs is like, "Hey, come sit in the dugout. I got to take care of some things." Well, John Lester's pitching that day, and, and you know, he's one of our defined show owners and yeah. friend of ours. And you know, John likes to be in the dugout by himself before he pitches. Well, the game starts at one, and it's like you know, twenty to one, and I'm like, "Where? Where's that strength coach?" And I'm sitting in there with two other people that are with me. Well, John comes in the dugout. And I'm like, it's oh, not going to be good. And John comes up literally beside me. He didn't see me sitting there. And I'm like, hey, John. He's like, hey, Brian, what's going on? And so I'm, I'm, I'm like, I gotta, we got to get out of here. Like, he's probably not happy at this point. So we get out of there. Well, Matt Carpenter, first first at bat, hits the scoreboard. Cubs. <laughs> and, and, I, and, and, his, and Lester's agent sitting beside me in the stand. I said, he's not going to talk to me ever again. <laughs> and I think Carpenter hit three home runs that game. And, and and I saw Lester that night, and he he didn't punch me like I thought he was. <laughs> but but you know, just, but experiencing that, you yeah. know, just just fun to be a part of that and watching those guys play is you know I, I just enjoy all sporting events, man. And I think that it's important. Like that's what I, the the final piece here is like the importance of the drive, the importance of perseverance, and the day to day grind is imperative to be great. But you also have to be able to take some downtime because you can't go 365-24-7. You just fall apart. Yes. What What's outside of music and sport, what is it that brings you the battery charger? Yeah, I, you, know, the, you know, I have two things. And, and, you know, the first thing is just, you know, every day, I mean – I work out and that really energizes me mm-hmm. and, and and really just helps me, you know, really think through a lot of things. But the most important thing that really energizes me is, you know, my wife and my kids mm-hmm. and, you know, really just having, you know, a, you know, a teammate like Molly yeah, is, is so important. And, you know, having, you know, you know, a family and I got three kids now. And, you know, really just watching them, you know, kind of grow up. You know, they're they're so young. Yeah. But but it's just it really just inspires me, you know, to get up every day. And keep going. And keep going. 
because you know they 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 you know their responsibility to me and you know success is my responsibility right yeah. and you know i i want to you know be able to you know teach them the right ways and teach them how to be leaders in yeah. their community yeah and i got all girls yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs> well i always end the show with a thought provoking question and i i don't do the same question every time but I, I, I really like this question, and it comes from Jason Silva, who's really one of the, the foremost th thought provokers out there. He's part of the Flow Genome Project. And uh, he, he's, he says this, and I'm trying to get too deep with it because there's a message behind it, but it's, it's profound. He said, we experience three deaths in our life. The first death is the day that you find out you're going to die. The second death is the day that you die. And the third and final death is the last time your name is ever mentioned. Brian, what is it that you want to do to make your legacy last for as long as it possibly can? Because I want you to live forever. What are you going to do? What is your key to lasting? <clears throat> my, you know, my key to lasting is, is really... You know, being able to to make a difference in people's lives around me, yeah, and, and you know, teaching that to to my to my family and to my daughters, and to really show them that they can make a difference, and if you treat people the right way, and you take care of them, and you you really help them mold when they're going through adversity I, I think you know your legacy will continue on and, and I think with our company you know you know we we're developing products that I think are going to make a huge difference in this world yeah and and I want to be known for that yeah and I want you know to teach that to my to my kids and I want to teach that to our team yeah and our teammates because I, I think that's so important and you know just you know and to having a legacy yeah I think it's like one of the most important things for me is, you know, we're not all Tiger Woods. We're not all Tom Brady. We're not all LeBron, Michael Jordan. Like those names that are going to be talked about forever. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain's been dead for like 15 years, and we still talk about Wilt Chamberlain all the time because, my God, he's, he holds records that nobody's ever going to break. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not lucky enough to hold a record that is never going to be broken. I'm not Cy Young. Talk about a record that's never going to be broken. That's a record that's never going to be broken. 511 wins. Yeah, that won't happen. So, like, I'm, I'm always in this place of thinking to myself, what can I do so that as many people as possible could have felt that I did something in their life that gave them something, just a 1% bump, that every once in a while they're going to be like, I remember this one time I was with, with Coach Virgil. Yeah. And we weren't even having a golf lesson. We were just talking. That's what matters to me. Like, I know I teach sure, golf. Man. But I try to teach more than golf every day. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And that's, like, to me what I love about Defiance Fuel. I love about having you as a friend is the fact that I know that you're there to push me. I know that you know that I'm there to push you, and together yeah. we push each other to the top. Sure. And uh, that's the message that I think that we both want everybody out there listening to hear is it's not always going to be easy. 
success is your responsibility. You got to work harder than everybody else. And one of the things I think that you said that we didn't state enough that you do every day, you work out. Exercise your body to exercise your mind. You don't have to work out like a Navy SEAL to gain benefit from working out. If you can just do something, do something. If you're doing something, you're ahead of 90%. That's right. You know? So, Brian, thank you so much for yeah, taking Virgil, time out of thank you so schedule, much, man. man. Great awesome. to see you. Appreciate awesome. you so much, man. My pleasure, Chrome Soft isn't just another tour ball. It's the golf ball that's changing how tour balls are made. When Callaway made a low-compression, low-spin tour ball, others said they might be onto something and tried to do the same. But they can't because Chrome Soft is the only ball engineered with graphene-infused, dual-soft fast core for serious speed and unbelievable control around the greens. See for yourself why everyone is playing and loving Chrome Soft. Order the ball that changed the ball at CallawayGolf.com.